Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 130. Welcome back, Adamantamaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you so much for tuning in today. We are quickly approaching the end of 2021, and with that, the end of our season. We've got just about two episodes left before we head into season number five. The first of which, of course, is today's episode, and today we've got the band Bros on the podcast. And if you're not familiar with Bros, it is the second project of brothers Ewan and Seamus Curry of the Canadian rock band The Sheepdogs. And they've been very, very busy in 2021. Not only did they release that new EP with the Sheepdogs, which we had Ewan on earlier in the season talking about, but also Bros released their second full-length album as well as another Christmas release. This is their third Christmas release, and it's called Yet Another Bros Christmas. And given that we're just over a week out from Christmas, it is a very timely and appropriate episode. So I met up with Ewan and Seamus Curry at their studio here in Toronto, uh, and we discussed what a Curry family Christmas is like, and we talked, of course, all about their latest projects. And like I said, it's the second time we've had Ewan on this podcast within a matter of a couple months, but when it comes to music, I could have the Curry brothers on a dozen times, and we would never run out of anything to talk about. But before we get into today's episode, let's quickly do the Adamantium Recommend segment. So if you are new to bros music or you just want to compare favorites, here are five songs that I recommend. Starting with bros newest record, which is called Volume 2, I recommend the first single, which is called Never Gonna Stop, and I recommend the song It's Killing Me. Then going back to their first album, which you can probably guess is called Volume 1, I recommend the song Tell Me. And then from the Bros Christmas collection, I'm going to pick two songs, the first of which is their latest song. It's called Sad Christmas. And then the other one I'm going to choose is called I'm Coming Home for Christmas. And that's it. And if you are a Sheepdogs or a Bros fan and you're tuning in for the very first time today, first of all, thank you so much for listening. If you're feeling in the Christmas podcasting spirit, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whichever network you choose to get your podcasts. You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. And that's all I have to say about that. So let's move into today's episode, which features Ewan and Seamus Curry of Bros, right here on episode 130 of the Adamantium podcast. I hope you all continue to enjoy the holiday season, spend some time with your loved ones, let them know you care, drink some nog and listen to a podcast. Go have some fun, be safe, and we will see you next week for our season finale episode. Was it remember that Simpsons episode? Where it's just vapor lock. It's just the water it's like it's <laughs> What was it, like where Marge is scared of flying? And oh then, yeah, 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 actually do yeah. crash. And he's that's like, just don't the, just just the water running around your ankles. Yeah. Like, that's just the engine misfire. Yeah, that's the engine struggling. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, so uh, we're here with uh, Ewan and Seamus Curry. This is Ewan's second time right. on the podcast within a few months, actually. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you for coming back, and you guys have some. Pretty cool projects that have just some couple albums that have just come out. So that we're going to talk about today. Um, But why don't we lead in? You know, we're heading into the Christmas holidays. 
Um, so why don't we start with the uh, the Christmas release? Yeah. A couple new singles. Um, this is the uh, third Christmas set of singles that you guys have put out. Um, total. Right. We we love Christmas. <laughs> well, so that's what I was gonna ask. Is Christmas is Christmas a big thing in the Curry family? Or do you guys go all out at Christmas? I, yeah, I mean, as much as it was sort of any kind of middle middle class family, like we definitely. Gathered as a family and ate good food and gave each other gifts and had a good time. Gotcha. And definitely look back fondly upon it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think we're your, kind of your average Canadian, uh, not not really religious Christmas observance. You know, like uh, family and put up a tree and like watch like a Christmas movie and yeah. and have a you know turkey kind of thing. Is we worshipped any... Santa more than Jesus. <laughs> we worshipped <laughs> commerce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gifts and No, but, f- but family. It was about family. Absolutely. Yes. And togetherness love... and yeah. And the like uh, the the vibe of like co- like so we were born in Australia and lived oh, there I until I was mm-hmm. ten and Seamus was six and like in Australia obviously doesn't get cold and Christmas actually comes in summer. Yeah, so people spend it on the beach there. Totally. Like, yeah. Yep. And barbecuing and watching cricket. And you'd yeah. have yeah. and you'd have like uh, you'd cook the turkey the day before, and have it cold for lunch. That's like a big thing. Okay. And uh, so the cozy Christmas thing didn't happen till later, but it's a great vibe. Like I mean, the idea of like like a Christmas tree is very like this part of the world North and, America, yeah, and, yeah. and snow oh, and like you know so it's it's that's good vibes that we really so like. actually now going off topic for a quick yeah. second, what what made your family move from Australia to Saskatoon our, our old man is from uh, Moose Jaw he's from Moose Jaw okay yeah. whereas our mom is uh, Australian Australian okay to Australia for a bit and then we came to Canada so for did you guys bit? have thick yeah. accents when you came over to yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were young enough that they just like yeah, right, right. The kind of when you're that impressionable, and when you're a kid in like Canadian school, like you just don't want to stick out. You don't want to stick out. Yeah, I, I heard too. It all depends on like if you if you leave after you've hit puberty, then you're likely to keep your accent. We were both before pre-pubescent. Pre-pubescent, so then yeah. you're likely to lose it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So tell me, is there any curry family traditions at Christmas, or are you guys going back to like, Saskatoon for? Uh, we are, yeah. 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 I, I go back most years, yeah. Okay. Um, we're going before. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to do it. And then my, our mom's coming out to have Christmas with us here, so it's the first time that she's coming out for coming here. a Toronto Christmas. All right. Uh, we kind of like, uh, it's pretty loose. Like, it's usually like a family meal on Christmas Day. Breakfast, you know, greasy sausages is the joke, because like my okay. mom's mom, I don't think she was like the greatest cook, but she would make like... Greasy sausages was their like family joke, so it's just like yeah. we have to have greasy. And we always sausages. have pineapple, which I guess is a touch of the Australian fruit. Yeah. Right? Okay. Pineapple so and sausages. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah oh. like it chilling out Christmas yeah. Eve. I got a, I got a good drinks. one. What do you uh, got? We had a, a sort of an eccentric uncle who used to always insist on a, a Christmas Eve family breakfast at the Zellers restaurant. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. At uh, so like. The department store Zellers, Zellers, which I think yeah. is now defunct, but uh, yeah. at the time it was sort of like a Walmart-esque kind yeah, of place. Yeah, right. But they had like a really small cafe kind of kiosk. Diner. Yeah, like a yeah, diner, diner, yeah, yeah. In, yeah, inside the store 
where you could get like a pretty atrocious plate of eggs. <laughs> but it, they, were, they had an early bird special. So if you got there, I think before 7 a.m., the eggs were like half price. Okay. So Arco's like, we're going, we gotta go. It's the thing we always do. <laughs> and the employees. On Christmas Eve. Yeah, yes. Christmas okay. Eve. So yeah. your Christmas starts like the morning of Christmas Eve. Like, <laughs> yeah. With dirty eggs. <laughs> well, and it's awesome because the employees would always be like looking at us incredulously when like 10 of us showed up. <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing here? And then the joke was always that like our dad would start his Christmas shopping. Shopping at like, Zellers. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which Bright and early, you know. Yeah. And, which has devolved to the point where he just tells us to buy something and, and he'll pay for it now. But. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, one comment that I love that I read in, in the press release, Ewan, is that one of the reasons you guys decided to make original Christmas songs was because you can only hear All I Want for Christmas is You so yeah. many thousand times. I feel like I've already heard it a thousand times. Oh, it's yeah. December 2nd today and yeah. I've already heard it. Yeah, I, I don't know why that one has become like, and it's like, no, I noticed a lot of memes this year about like yeah. Halloween's done and then immediately into the Mirac, you know, yeah. like the. A meme of like uh, it's what Jack Nicholson in uh, The Shining. Yeah, here's yeah, Johnny, here's, but it's yeah. Mariah busting through the wall. Uh, yeah, I mean that's a good song. Uh, well, I mean, look, Christmas carols. You hear the same. It's either you hear like the same. Well, you just hear the same songs, whether it's yeah, like yeah. Blade doing them or Frank Sinatra or Bing Crosby. Crosby. Well, yeah. I thought a few years ago I was like, you know, Bublé's really put a monopoly on this market. By doing every single Christmas song that was ever created, he won Juno like, Album of the Year with his Christmas song. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and like, wow. but Mariah had literally has one song that like. At least her. Look, I mean, I doubt she wrote it, but at least her song is an original. It is an original, yeah. And yeah, that's the thing is like even like the Sheepdogs too. People are always like, "We'd love for you to cover a Christmas song." And it's kind of like, yeah, okay, but like, I mean, if we could write like a Christmas song, right. even if it became a thing, like. You could make some some bank. I mean, not, <laughs> right. not that we've made any bank off our Christmas lights, but um, but we also, as like composers and and people who yeah, are just music, we like the challenge of writing a Christmas song. So yeah, I guess like four years ago, we did a couple. We made them really lo-fi because uh, we just didn't have a space to record right. in at the time, and, and we, we made them in that garage. Yeah, like a, yeah, very very lo-fi. Great acoustics yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the mold hole. Yeah, this was for the first Christmas releases, or yes, okay. Right, yeah. Which was that was a few years ago, yeah. Yeah, I think it was like 2017. Gotcha. Yeah, and then uh, and then sort of the idea has been like we keep trying to like do a couple each year and yeah. eventually we'll have enough for a full thing because people keep asking about like a final it's always so funny too because like you have to if you're writing a Christmas song to put out you have to write it in like June or something yeah I know, <laughs> like, I know. like how do you get in the spirit in June yeah, or you should be writing next year's now record them in June <laughs> yes it's hard to have that feeling and, yeah. uh, and just like you're cramming in all these like cliches about like the fire and so inviting it's you know yeah and the snow outside yeah it's like you're like in your tank top like yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i know it's like 40 degree apart yeah especially Ooh. if you do like a video too like you got to go deck out the the place and christmas Some stuff fake snow like, yeah i got yeah. all the cotton out and everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell me uh tell me first before we go into the songs in specific tell me what are some of some of your favorite christmas songs of all time, and tell me what is the most annoying Christmas song. Okay, uh, you got one. Or? Yeah, I mean, I have I have a lot of Christmas songs that I like because I yeah, I've, that's like obviously music is something we love. Like we love like the Vince Guaraldi, okay, Charlie yeah. Brown stuff. Yeah, I love uh, just as a quick uh, interjection. I love all the kind of like swing era Christmasy okay. stuff. Yeah. So like 
the Bing and the Sinatra stuff, but also like uh, going back to like Glenn Miller and those guys, yeah, the yeah. sort of like swinging Christmas stuff. Yeah, because it's like we love nostalgia in music. Yeah, um, and like music is such an agent of nostalgia, and Christmas is such a like. Yeah, you know, you, it takes it, there's something it's about the it that takes you back to when you're a kid, yeah. and like you know, it just. It's the most exciting thing in the world when you're a kid. I mean, yeah. mostly because of presents. And then as you get older, it's you start to realize it's it's but more. It's the magic of Santa. Just and the, that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, like, uh, it's like it's got a bit of controversy on it now. But I really love as a song, "Baby, It's Cold Outside." Yeah. Uh, the version with Louis Jordan and Ella Fitzgerald is okay. just like a magical. Like you can really feel like you're like chilling around the fireplace and mm-hmm. singing that. And it's just a great song. I'm glad that it sort of has. Survived its mild cancellation. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for a little bit. A little bit there. I mean, I get it. It's got some weird lyrics, but <laughs> it's it's a tongue-in-cheek song. Yeah, I like. Um, this is actually one that I heard on an episode of The Simpsons. Believe it or not, that's okay. my introduction to this. But there's a Bob Wills Christmas song oh, yeah. called "Santa's on His Way," which is sort of hard to find. I think you can probably find it on YouTube. Okay, but it's just. So you I first real, heard it in The Simpsons? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just this like real delightful old-timey gotcha. chestnut. It's not uh, on Spotify. I don't think it is, no. But it's um, Bob Wills as the guy in his band who's always going, ah! Like, it, it just seems so, like, quaint and old-fashioned, but, like, really just, yeah, you know, tugs on the old heartstrings immediately. What's it called? Uh, Santa's on his way. Yes, I'm not saying it. But it's on, I know it's because it's on YouTube. But, okay. But uh, that's a real... Real old nugget. Find it in uh, the you listen to George Strait's version. Okay. It's, uh, yeah. It's, it's that episode where... Uh, I think like Bart melts the Christmas tree and then they like the towns like they lie to the townsfolk yes, and yeah. then like they, the townsfolk come and like take all their presents and then all they have left is each other and they're running around the house yeah. and the song comes in it's a good classic moment yeah. what about uh, what's like the the, oh, the, the, annoying? One, the annoying that just you can't stand hearing mm. I mean, mine was I mean I used to work at a Best Buy it was Future Shop at the time yeah every in for like yeah. three holiday seasons in a row so almost every Christmas song was ruined for me but, yeah yeah. but there was like that Alvin and the Chipmunks one oh yeah just like made me want to blow my brains because it came on like once an hour too. Yeah, you're working like 12 hour shifts yeah. during right so yeah. if I heard that twice all season I, I'm okay with it but yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> you know I don't like the John Lennon so this is Christmas really it's so like uh, depressing and yeah. like I get it like it's not all fun and games for everybody but it's just like I don't know it really bums me out really okay. yeah it's funny because we wrote a song called Sad Christmas for right this Christmas. We're, we're gonna talk just trying to tap into that same energy but, <laughs> well no, we still made it like kind of fun I think but yeah, yeah I don't know like I know people love to shit on uh, simply having a wonderful Christmas time but oh, I like that song yeah, I like uh, that song yeah. uh, but so this is Christmas I never that one just kind of bums me out Okay. I, don't know. I mean, my my girlfriend would kill me, but I do find the Mariah version kind of annoying. Really? Okay. <laughs> the, but it's also like all such I want a for Christmas is you. It's such a mammoth of a song. Like yeah, everyone it's... knows it. Everyone loves it. Yeah. I guess I'm just that the, one gets on your nerves. I'm just a misanthrope okay. guy. Sometimes don't like that song. It makes you think of the NBA promo from. Yes, years I back. think of yeah. Steph Curry dancing around <laughs> annoyingly in his little Christmas hat. But yeah. Oh, we do watch and and there's uh. Usually they play a bunch of NBA games on Christmas Day. Well, that's yeah. something we would do. I so went, yeah. so to 2019, that was like, I mean, we have a pretty much a strict, but like our family party just happened to be later and a family friend invited us to the Raptors game. Oh, so man. two years ago, yeah. I went to a Raptors game on Christmas Day. You know? <laughs> that's it's like, fun. This is 
odd now. Like it feels odd being, yeah. yeah. But well, it's great. Yeah, families yeah. that go to like uh, movies, a lot of people do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember we saw Wolf of Wall Street one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was really weird because we went and saw that because it just came out. <laughs> And like Wolf of Wall Street's just like crazy drugs. And yeah, yeah. And days. then we're at like Christmas dinner right after, and I was just like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> I feel <laughs> weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't recommend it. That was a weird change of pace for sure. Yeah. Well, I I grew up in a like a largely Jewish neighborhood, yeah. and it was like my, a friend of mine worked at the movie theater, and he's like, yeah, it's packed on Christmas days. So yeah. It's all the Jewish yeah. people go yeah, to yeah. Chinese food and Christmas. Chinese food yeah. in the movie theater. Yeah. I dig it. So that sounds great too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I knew all the songs because in school we used to have sing along, so I knew all like the dreidel and the Hana, like the. I had to learn those from South Park. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. We come back <laughs> to the animated comedies a lot here. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I do have another Simpsons reference that comes into another question. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll, good. Keep it rolling. We'll get there. But actually, you mentioned Sad Christmas, so we're going to talk about one of the new songs. Sure. Uh, tell me about that song and what, what made uh, to me it, it almost was like very relevant because last year like pretty much Kirstmas was cancelled and I was wondering did that have something into the feeling of, of that song that probably subconsciously I, I think we were just it, you know we have done a bunch of songs already and we're just like okay well what can we do that isn't really like there's a million songs that are just sort of like you know it's the best time of the year, like yeah. that kind of vibe. And so yeah. we wanted to kind of go a different route. We already have route. five of them. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was kind of playing around with an idea where I wanted to do something that was very, like uh, this is an organ sound we have on this keyboard that's very uh, warm sounding. Mm-hmm. And it just has, like, and there's something about an organ that sounds Christmassy. Like, I don't know if it's like sort of a church thing, but yeah. it's, it sounds very, like it's, it's interesting trying to conjure up vibes, not just through lyrics. You know, you can do a lot of like, you know, the, you know, snow and referring to fireplaces and stuff. And, but it's good to like make things that sound Christmassy. Obviously, like the sleigh bells, which are like you gotta fit in there somewhere. Yeah. Our instant Christmas. But this organ sound really had a very warm vibe. So that's kind of the starting point. And then just playing that organ, I immediately just was playing like a minor chord. And of course, minor chords sound really sad. Mm-hmm. And so I was just kind of like, all right, let's try a sad Christmas. Okay. Because who loves being sad, you know? Just like John <laughs> right. right, but it is, you know, like, it is, you know, uh, to me it felt very relevant to, like, last year. Sure. We couldn't see your, your, and we almost, like, and maybe I shouldn't say this on, on air, but, like, we almost, our plan was to, like, sneak out to my aunt's place and yeah, at least yeah. see some family, and then, like, I had a slight tickle in my throat, and I got way too nervous to yeah, go and yeah, expose yeah. anyone, so course, then it yeah. ended up just being, like, my mom and I on Christmas Day, and... I come from a huge Irish family. I never had a Christmas day with less than forty people. Yeah, and yeah, it just, yeah. I was like, this just feels like Tuesday now. Like, <laughs> it was weird. It was, it was super weird. Yeah. yeah, were you guys here or did you guys go home on last year? I was here. I I went home and had a very small similar thing. Small just me, thing, my mom, yeah. my dad, and it was yeah, yeah. kind of like what are we doing? It's odd. Ah. Yeah. We ended up watching, I think, like, Wonder Woman had just come out, and so... Oh, like, yeah. yeah. What says Christmas more than Wonder Woman? Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a weird one. It was I, a weird one. I think, well, I think really more I was thinking about people that are... Uh, of course, the that kids. <clears throat> yeah. Well, because, like, I don't know, there's plenty of people that are just, like, you know, whatever in their life. It's... They say that Christmas is what, like a time where a lot of, like, suicides happen? Because mm-hmm. it's this time when we're all supposed to be so... Uh, 
happy and everything's supposed to be idyllic and plenty yeah. of people don't have a great family situation or, yeah for them it's know, the opposite yeah. you know so it's, it's just like this in your face reminder of your world's not great so I think I was kind of thinking about that I've certainly people. had some Christmases where I felt a little blue because I don't know maybe I was lonely or need to be away from breakup or something yeah. Yes. Right, yeah I mean it's kind of like a heartbreak song it's like yeah yeah so there's a bit of that and then but then almost like second single is almost a complete counter yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's called Christmas Morning is Finally Here so mm-hmm. was that kind of on purpose to like yeah yeah well I like yeah we didn't want to go all sad we had to, all sad just put out <laughs> yeah we, I think Seamus had an idea you just had like some funk song that you were like let's just try it and, and mm-hmm. yeah this vibe. Built, we, we basically just sort of built it off a real simple trombone riff mm-hmm. and then we had a weird chorusy guitar riff and then we just sort of Filled in the holes of various uh, Christmas tropes, like sleigh bell here. Right? Yeah, you know, here's kind of fits along with the, the whole bros vibe. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we. I mean, we do a lot of kind of building up songs where like we just get a beat and then we come up mm-hmm. with a lyric idea. And my, I mean, my favorite line of almost any song we've ever written is the uncle drank too much nog, that dirty dog. Oh, <laughs> so proud of that. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, but yeah, just sort of like, you know, if the idea of Sad Christmas, which we thought was such a great... Was this Zeller's uncle? Was he the inspiration <laughs> for <laughs> This is just a, an archetype of yeah. uncle. Gotcha. The, I've got one of those. The yeah. collective have, uncle. I have yeah. one of those. Yeah. Well, we all have one of those uncles. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, uh, I certainly have one of those. But yeah, we're thinking if, if Sad Christmas was such a great, strong mm. song that we really wanted to release, mm. but maybe a little bit of a dour tone, ramp it up with a B-side, have a right party, yeah. you know, people can kind of you know, kick it back up and, and uh, so yeah, we just crammed in all the fun wintertime activities we could think of. Put your beer in the uh, snow bank, which is a very prairie yes, thing. Yes, yeah. Uh, but not too long. Not too long. No one yeah. to freeze. <laughs> parties with frozen beers. Yeah. <laughs> beer, beer slushies. But yeah, you know, keep, keep it keep it up, as they say. Yeah. Um, moving on from the, the Christmas theme, I mean, you guys also put out uh, your second album this year, mm-hmm. uh, Volume 2. Um which was released in the summer um, and one thing that we kind of just touched on that, that I loved about it features like this whole array of styles and uh, instruments uh, including like a horn section the tabla drums yeah, yeah. Um, and I think your dad even made a, a cameo on the album uh, playing some piano so tell me tell me what it was like to bring for one bring your dad into the mix and sure. also to introduce all these kind of instruments was that something you guys was that new to you guys or um no, I mean, when we made the first Bros record in, in 2016, mm-hmm. that experimental kind of approach was was very much the vibe. We were kind of just sort of seeing what kind of weird stuff we could come up with. Mm-hmm. So for this record, I think we just took that idea even further of like, let's get even more instruments. And, right. And, you know, I, I went on a trip to Japan a few years ago and I came back with a shamisen, which is a Japanese banjo. My first thought is, oh yeah, me and you are going to put this in a Bros record somewhere yeah. and like, and just sort of like really expand the sonic palette as much as we could. But you know, still for the most part, with like real world instruments, like I know a lot of people just go in Logic or whatever and find right. whatever weird samples they can find. We're, I mean, we, we do a bit of that, but for the most part, we're like actually finding really? instruments. I guess we've been doing that recently. <laughs> we didn't really do it on Volume Two that much. Uh, did we even do that recently? I don't think we have. <clears throat> we, we're like, it's funny because somebody asked me about like who makes your beats, and I was like, like well, they're not like we make them. Like they're not yeah. like samples or or uh, right. We literally just record everything. Like we have a drummer come and drum, and yeah. we play pretty much everything else. The, the, we couldn't play the tabla or the saxophone or something, that kind of stuff or mm-hmm. trumpet. But Seamus plays trombone. I can play some clarinet, 
Um, I play the bass and guitar. Seamus plays the keys, mm-hmm. and then we sing everything. So we kind of can build it up that way. But it we're just we have like super diverse musical tastes. We listen to all kinds of stuff. Like mm-hmm. even when we were younger, um, <clears throat> everything you know on the soul and rock and roll spectrum and old swing music, uh, like '40s jazz and like you know big band stuff, Latin stuff like for you know. It's like Cuban music or, or like boogaloo music from the 60s. Right. Yeah, Tons Brazilian of Brazilian pop. stuff. So we just have a lot of interests. Um, you know, we just like, it's all about sounds for us. Like we don't really, certainly we definitely like followed favorite bands and things like that. But mm-hmm. like, you know, when you talk about like music criticism, it's so based on like, like I always thought of like Radiohead were like the ultimate band because they like, there was so much to write about and right. their progression and their artistic choices. But like to me, it's just about like when I put the music on and I listen to it, what is it does it sound good or not? Mm-hmm. And so we're like super attracted to these like just different sounds and trying to like borrow from them. And sometimes it's like a video game mm-hmm. that we played back in the '90s or something mm-hmm. like. Yeah. And so it's a lot of just like, what do we dig? You know, take a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and we just mix it up, and it becomes our own thing. And sometimes we're just doing something to make ourselves laugh. Like there's a song that has like a kazoo section with like 12 kazoos at once mm. which is like ridiculous kazoo orchestra <laughs> and but we had also like we quote a line from uh, In the Mood by Glenn Miller in that solo so it's like Easter what do they call those Easter eggs or whatever yeah it's yeah. just like <laughs> yeah. fun it's just fun we're like two music nerds who probably know more weird music than you and we're like making our Right. Our homage to like all this stuff. Well, I think it seems to be like the underlying theme of both, like both the Sheepdogs and Bros is is like just have fun with the music. You know? Absolutely, like yeah, yeah. Music is fun. Just, yeah, exactly. Did is the reason why you guys decide to do this say separately because it it kind of just felt like a blank page of music to Sheepdogs is like a, a very, you know, it's yeah. like got its sound. It's like yeah. there's those songs are like getting played on radio, mm-hmm. rock radio, and a big part of it is live performances mm. so it's like how do we structure songs that like serve the five guys that are on stage yeah you know guitar driven and then bros basically is like we know it's funny because they keep asking us to do live shows and we've done some yeah but it's like we need this huge band to pull it off because we're just say, like it's, yeah throwing it's very whimsical 20 instruments on the stage yeah, yeah, yeah. we nine man band last time yeah, yeah. percussionists really? and horn players and yeah Extra keyboard players and yeah, it's ironic for like a two-person band. <laughs> well, yeah, tour, you need, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the sound isn't that. The sound right, is the this sound. lush, big. Yeah. You know, like it's us. It's a studio project, so it's us overdubbing for mm-hmm. days and just and 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 not. No limits. Yeah, not you know, being uh, withholding to like what we want to try and do live. It's just yeah. like what kind of crazy sounds can we try and get? So. Yeah. Also, the the when people keep asking us to do acoustic sets, I'm just like. We spent, well, it's like we spent all this time to like do this like big orchestrated song, and then they want us to come in and just play an acoustic guitar. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's not, not how it's meant to be. Or not city in color or something. Right. Where you can mm-hmm. like it sounds good that way. Like it's different. You know? mm-hmm. So how did Dad come into the mix? Was that did you guys suggest to him? To, or did mm, yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's probably the most musically accomplished in like a, a classical sense in that he was trained and <coughs> he was a, a classical composer. Um, okay. In uh, in Australia and in Saskatoon, yeah. I guess, yeah. And uh, but also like a established jazz pianist for many years, so it was pretty easy for us to come in. If anything, we had to like kind of dumb him down a little bit so we could play mm-hmm. our our little pop tunes and stuff. So right. 
he came to Toronto and we were hanging out and we took him for drinks the night before and he was a little bit hungover the day of the session. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, played, yeah. him, played him the track and he played great and he just, just, it was just effortless. Came to him naturally and yeah. it was a lot of fun having him in the studio. Is he, you know, uh, is he like your biggest critic as well? Like, is it, what's it like when dad listens? Do you run the music by dad first? Is that a... He well, sort of... Oh, go ahead. Well, I wouldn't say we run it by no, him. No, yeah, like, you know, he, when he's... He's a big... Uh, he's a, definitely a big fan. He's like... Uh, it's funny because he'll... He's pretty positive, actually, when he sends his notes over, which is good. It's yeah. different than when we were growing up, but... Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he, like, uh, he always points out, like, all these... He's very academic, and he points out a lot of stuff that's like I never even think of. Yeah, he notices really? stuff that definitely the average listener yeah. would probably n- never even register. Right. Like, I don't know. He's always like, oh, carefully, you've got three songs in a row in the, tr- in, like, in the album that are on this, in the same key. Right? Oh, right. Like, nobody cares about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. But like yeah. to him, he's like, oh, it's too much of the same sonic uh, level when you're so it's great, I, great great choice of inversion to do this and yeah. it's like oh the yeah the orchestration you yeah. putting a, a trombone and a uh, Wurlitzer in the same measure beautiful and I was like oh okay well, you know yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, he's just sort of thinking of stuff at a different level like, yeah like from a, an educator's almost absolutely like, yeah. mindset yeah. that's his world yeah. wow that's I mean, you're kind of lucky to have that. I mean, certainly, yeah. Probably, I mean, probably helped with your success from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a super analytical guy, so he was definitely imparted a lot. When of you that. were kids, was it like was it difficult to deal with then? Like, was... yeah, it's it's still difficult because you'll like he hates like certain music that we like. Okay. Because on like a technical grounds, it's maybe like. Like if we were playing cars or grandpa or something, I'd put some like John Lee Hooker on. You'd be like, "This is out of tune. I can't listen to it." Yeah, <laughs> but I was just saying about it today because I was I was uh, listening to a Grant Green record on my way here. Yeah. And Grant Green's an awesome uh, jazz soul yeah. guitarist, but he often does a thing that my dad would hate, where he sits on a lick and plays the same lick over and over again. Okay. And I love that, but my dad's like, "Oh, it's unimaginative. There's no creativity here." You know. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> It's, you learn to appreciate that as you grow up, but yeah. My- well, vibe, I mean, just the vibe. I, mean, I, I love unconscious stuff where it's just like, like I always compare music to food where it's like, if you put something in your mouth and it tastes good, you don't have to think about it. You're just like, mmm. Right. I want delicious music. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want it to be like, what like is that. this? Like, you know when you yeah. hear think something and you're like, Shazam it or whatever? Well, I always find too, there's like, of your favorite songs, there's the songs that grow on you over, you know, 10 listens and like by listen 10 you're like wow this is actually I didn't realize this at first was a mess and then there's songs that like from the first listen you're like this is my new favorite song yeah yeah. (laughs) there is that yeah yeah Yeah. immediacy right yeah there's there's both they're both none neither's better than the other but yeah um I used to have it's funny you know dad's like my dad I played soccer growing up my dad was played semi-professional and oh yeah it probably made me as good as I was but I hated it at the time because I was the only Harsh. kid on the field that got yelled at. Yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> I scored two goals, but he could have had four. Yeah, yeah. 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 it was always my, my least, my, my worst was like, uh, if he was basically trying to tell me I was being lazy, he would like tell me, he's like, you're walking, son. And I'm like, okay, get it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, get yeah. the legs moving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, same kind of deal. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, like the, the sheepdogs are like this radio rock and stuff, but the song Tell Me like the mm-hmm. first single you guys ever put out like that's similar to the Sheepdogs it's used across so many sporting uh, 
not just like programs but like teams in the stadiums play yeah, tell yeah, me yeah. a lot like there's a lot and what I find the most interesting is it's played across several sports uh, like hockey football basketball and usually like hockey songs are hockey songs and football songs right. are football songs so was that something that was unexpected for you guys or you know what you know yeah we don't think about that at all I mean, right right <laughs> We just make we're working about music and the, and every I don't think we actually ever really think about who's going to listen to it. We just are trying to make it sound of course. good to us. I don't know what the sports thing is. Like we really got in uh, when the Sheepdogs started to do well. It just for whatever reason it got it was like sports stuff. We always play it. And it's, yeah, you know it's and we're still in that world. Like I don't know if it's just like the connections that, we, that maybe like you know our PR people have or whatever, but like. I mean, I wrote a theme song for Tim and Sid Tim like and Sid, ten yeah. years ago, and and that's been a connection that's still there. But yeah, I mean, I, maybe it's just because it's like punchy. We lots of sports growing up. Yeah, so maybe we do some subliminal thing in yeah. there. Yeah. Well, what do you think makes it so you know work in the sporting world or? Yeah. What's well, punchy and, and and right? You know, as a groove, so I think that helps it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the Q theme as well. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. 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 But it was even like there's like two teams in Minnesota or something playing. And it's like it's not even really? just uniquely Canadian. Yeah, I read this somewhere. It was like Minnesota. I think it was the Timberwolves and no, it wasn't the Vikings. But it was like somewhere there was the Twins. Like both used Tell Me in their their in stadium. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I think <laughs> some sometimes that stuff is just somebody. That's what's somebody's kind taste of wild. who's in charge of it. Yeah. Well, some the internet is so wild because like we like. It, Everyone's getting their Spotify wrapped right. stuff right now. And I was looking at, I'll share it with you, Seamus, but I got the, the bros back end. Oh, yeah. And it's like, we're getting like crazy plays in like Senegal and like all these places oh, yeah. in Africa and stuff. Yeah, sweet. And it's like, <laughs> wow, like so cool. And then like uh, Sheepdogs, since it's been around, Brazil has always been a big. Um, they love to Online. Rock. Yes, yeah, and yeah. Rock and Rio. Right. Yeah. And it's like, wow, like. I mean, we've never been there. And so, like, the internet is wild. It's yeah. like, I think there's just people that find... Or, like, somebody was sharing on their on Instagram that it was, like, um, Booger Sugar, one of our first yeah, record, yeah, yeah. Bros record songs, yeah. was, like, they listened to... It was their number one song. They listened to it eight, 180 times this year. And it's just some guy who, like, has, like, a restaurant out of his right. like, van down in Massachusetts somewhere. And mm. it's, like, I don't know how you heard about it, but... yeah. So the, I think just like random folks getting into it. I mm-hmm. mean, the the playlists help. The internet yeah, helps playlists, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, it's great for especially like Canadian music because for a long time they were so pigeonholed to. I mean, look at Sloan who like for sure could barely make it out of Canada. Like yeah, everybody yeah. in Canada knows who they are. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even Rush like. You know, I mean, they made it globally, but not like in Canada. They're that much bigger than. Yeah, absolutely. They should have yeah. been bigger, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, things like Spotify make that so possible now. Yeah, I guess it's more yeah. of a global approach as opposed to like radio, which is more regional. Yeah. And uh, you know, like the the CanCon system, which is good for helping. Yeah. Boost Canadian artists, but like you know. That's, it's not gonna help you in the states, or you know, yeah. in Senegal, or sure. you know, so. that wrap up. Con. Yeah, yeah, that year-end wrap up on Spotify that was was so inaccurate for me because 
We when uh, my girlfriend and I are working, we always put on like one of two playlists, like a really chill playlist. And yeah. One's like Coffee House or whatever. So like all my top listens were random songs from right. that. I'm like I don't even remember this song. It was like I apparently listened to it the fifth most this year. Yeah. Like, oh, mine's like that too. My I, top I, artist, yeah. like I've been like my top artist was Taylor Swift because she's on these playlists. So it's okay, often. man. You can like, like <laughs> You know what? I like the odd Taylor Swift song. She's definitely not my favorite yeah. artist in the world. Like. Swifty, is that what that yeah, that was yeah, it. That's yeah. it's my girl. I sent it to her. I sent it to her yesterday, and she's like, "I knew you were a closet." Swifty. And I was like, yeah. "Yeah, but and her actually hers is even worse because like at night she puts on these like rain noises. Oh yeah. To, so it was like her oh, third like, most listened song was like some rain on a window. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get a get a white noise machine if you like that. Yeah, you know, and my condo actually gave those out to us because I'm a young, I'm a young in Eglinton, which is oh, you yeah. know is just like building the oh, LRT. Yeah, yeah. For the last eight years and uh, at one point when they were doing the digging it was so obstructive to people like I'm on the top floor so it doesn't really affect me but they gave everyone blackout curtains and uh, and ambient noise machines wow. so I was like well I'll take it no. <laughs> top artist on Spotify ambient noise there machines you go, like, for <laughs> her for her yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> Rainmaker or whatever yeah yeah um, yeah uh, so, all right, so moving on to this is Simpsons question. Oh, yeah, there we go. Simpsons question uh, number seven or whatever. <laughs> but uh, one thing that I, I, one of the songs I love off the new album is uh, "You Love This Song." Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, one you know because it, I love the I love the old earworm, uh, you know, mechanic, and yep. the, the whole point of it, it was almost like designed to be a campy song of like we just wanted to be the biggest most catchy song and, and I read one of the inspirations was from a, a Simpsons episode now that you guys say it yeah, yeah it's uh it's when the navy is trying to like subliminally get people to join the navy mm-hmm. with their Yvonne et Niage yeah. thing but then Instinct, we, right? yeah 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 it's yeah, it like a boy band episode yeah, yeah. And their uh, the recruiter is LT Smash, who turns out is Lieutenant Smash. Right. Lieutenant. Uh, Lieutenant. Lieutenant LT. LT, LT yeah. Yes. But there's a moment where they finally confront LT Smash about the subliminal messages the Navy's been using to recruit. He's like, yeah, it's part of a three-pronged approach. Liminal, <laughs> subliminal, and superliminal. And they're like, what's superliminal? He like opens a window and yells at Lenny and Carl, who are standing in the street. Hey, you two, join the Navy! And they're like, ah, okay. Sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> so when I was writing You Love This Song, I just thought it was so stupid to be like, ah, I'll just brazenly tell the audience that this is their new favorite song. Right. It'll be, you know, and... And maybe they'll be like, yeah, all right, sure. Yeah, Super great. Right, this is my favorite song. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, guess it is my favorite song. Yeah. That, was, that was sort of the idea behind that. But so like, in, that, in that process, did it make it like almost more pressure to like, this needs to be super catchy now? Kind of, but kind of just like slid into it. I guess we, had, we put two different clavinets on it, which is like the, yeah. the instant funk machine yeah. in my mind. I and, wonder what uh, the scientific, like... The scientific uh, breakdown is to catchiness. You know, it, like what's the Oliver Sacks? Did he write that? This is your bane on music, which yeah. I never read. Yeah, <laughs> like, but people love it. I didn't think they break it down, and I know that people talk about like. I'm sure like Max Martin has a formula or something. Yeah, like yeah. or like ZZ Top when they like went all slick yeah. commercial. They like had like certain BPMs, like beats per minute, gotcha. or tempos. And uh, they figured out kind of like some of that shit. And yeah. Or isn't it was like 120 is what staying alive is, and it's like the human heartbeat. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Like okay. That. 
Yeah. Maybe not. So it is some kind of. Mm. Probably is some kind of. Yeah, I mean, if you're going, I mean, if you go into how, like how real that stuff is, but right, yeah. <laughs> if you go into like a, a one of these commercial studio situations where like a, you know, Ariana Grande or Bieber type of people are like mm-hmm. are coming in for like sessions and stuff, mm-hmm. or like beat makers, I would. They're definitely like, you know, taking note of that stuff and like using it as a. Well, yeah, obviously, there's more commercially sounding stuff there's even yeah. like bands that like their first three albums like you listen to them and then the fourth album is all of a sudden like wow this is more like radio friendly yeah, yeah. and it's yeah so it's kind of algorithmic isn't it it's I guess of, uh, yeah it's sort of like I always thought like Imagine Dragons had some kind of formula they use because it's like all their every song they created was just like radio ready yeah, yeah. Like, they have yeah. a whiteboard and they've got yeah that's it here yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> drawing lines I know yeah. like Nick, the guy from Nickelback talked about how he loved he's like he had like well I think you've seen that video you know where they take several Nickelback songs and they put them over top of each other right and they like the chorus and the pre-chorus always come in and this yeah. they, they really have like a formula down structure yeah yeah we don't really do that. Right. Uh, you know, whatever. No disrespect to those guys. Part of me loves that, like, like having a real set craft to it, I think, is kind of fun. Like, like sort of approaching writing a song, like building a house or something yeah. like that is kind of fun. But, but I think it's also fun to just completely abandon that structure and just, like, pull a riff out of the air sometimes. And, like, you know, it's the, the creativity is that yeah. it's a completely open book. You can do whatever you like. Yeah. Like, I think it's the fun of it. Yeah. I had a second cousin in Ireland the last time I was there he was like and this guy used to be like in the army and like a and a boxer super jack dude like now shaved head and anyways he's like Adam I have to ask you a very serious question and I was like uh oh like, <laughs> he's like why do Canadians hate Nickelback so much oh. well, they, <laughs> I mean I, I think if you went to a Nickelback show in Canada yeah. it would be 15,000 people yeah who are all these Canadians that listen to this? Like, I was like oh, it's just because they're like, really corny or whatever he's like okay I'll take them off my driving playlist <laughs> <laughs> if you like what you like if you like what you like listen to it but yeah well, it's, it's like, like that <clears throat> I mean, there's a big difference between the people that talk on Twitter and the people that live in the real world. Right. And, uh, like, I don't know, like, I, I like this, that Yellowstone TV show. I don't know. If you're yeah, yeah, the, the Kevin Costner one. Yeah, it's, like, cheesy but super fun. Right. But nobody in, like, downtown Toronto watches it. Right. It's But everyone I know. But closetly probably does. Maybe, like, yeah. but everyone, like, right. back home in Saskatchewan and, like, you know, in the rest of the, the in the, of the country and the world love it and yeah. it's like so fun so it's yeah. just none of my friends watch it but that's what I told them too I was like you think they but I was like if you go to the Nickelback's always sold out every night every they time they play yeah. 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 yeah the critics are louder than the fans I guess that's it or yeah. the, the, it's always like the social the media haters. the haters are always yeah. louder than yeah yeah but <laughs> Nickelback big, big influence yeah <laughs> <laughs> Tell me which Nickelback song made you guys form the Sheepdogs. <laughs> Never again. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember, like when I was I was in grade school when they started, but I did like their that first single, the Doesn't Remind Me. How you remind me? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it was, weird how it so, became the. Like, I was in grade twelve. The one I was just, when that photograph song came out, I was like, no, I'm done. That, <laughs> I like the meme. Would look at this graph. Yeah, yeah. He's like kind of demented looking. Yeah, yeah. that's a good. One. Enjoy I saw a meme too recently. Of maybe we shouldn't talk so much about Nickelback on this, but there was a meme recently that I, I mean I don't see it so much, but it was like they put a photo of Chad Kroger next to Adam Driver, and it was like Adam Driver. Oh yeah, I saw his that. Nighttime yeah. version of Chad Kroger. So I was yeah. like, what does that even mean? Like. <laughs> 
I got like darker hair. I, yeah. I I don't really hate Nickelback. I don't I don't like them either. But I got no beef with them. Either. No, no, yeah. me neither. I mean, it's putting Canadian music out there anyway. Sure. So. Yeah. Sure. Um, in an interview, another interview, I heard Ewan say that you know if if you had a chance earlier on in life, you might have become a, a filmmaker. Um, but instead, you like to kind of create music that uh, evokes the spirit of films that you like. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that, you know, I was saying before about, like, oh, this organ sounds warm and, and sets a vibe. I like, you know, there's certain bands that, like, you'd buy a record of them and they all, every song is, like, the same instrumentation. Like, it's a guitar band, so mm-hmm. nothing changes. I always loved the Beatles because they would do all these different kinds of songs mm-hmm. and then create different moods and different vibes. And I think that's really powerful to use different sounds and to create different sort of paint different pictures, create different scenes, you know? I think we have done that with bros, especially. Um, and then just, like, relating it to movies, it's like, I mean, I'd like to see, I probably could tell more interesting stories to make it more movie cinematic, but mm-hmm. we love cinema scores, and, like, you mm-hmm. know, a guy like Lalo Schifrin, who did, like, Mission Impossible and Dirty Harry, like, he, he influences a lot of stuff, like, theme from bros on this song is very yeah. sort of cinematic. Um being a director is would be awesome. It's just like the, one of the hardest jobs to ever get mm-hmm. into. It feels like it's, it's expensive. Yeah. It's always like yeah. rich kids that end up becoming, you know, Paul Thomas Andersons and yeah. and etc. The guy Richie's, but um, it's it's like I don't know. It's really like a cool way to like to create some sort of like vibe mm-hmm. without having to like go in and have an expensive video camera and set yeah. dressing and all this stuff. It's it's you know, we just have a few instruments, we have microphones, we can just go ahead and do it. And, Would and, you guys ever, like, it almost feels like something that bros could do to me, is like, like score a Canadian film love, or something love to. like that. Yeah, it'd yeah. be, be fantastic. Or even a non-Canadian film. Yeah. Right, right. So, <laughs> even a major like, Hollywood film. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, Marvel, if you're listening. Like, yeah. <laughs> we would die, I mean, we Avengers, love. when they come back again, because, you know, whatever. Yeah, we, they, they will ball those. Well, things, yeah. You know? <laughs> we have a, we've had a bunch of our songs, more Sheepdogs, but certainly bros, used in, like, TV and film. Yeah. Um, it would be great to do some original But it's different, score. definitely, to score it, like, actually. 100%. Score. Yeah. It'd be really cool to do something very atmospheric mm-hmm. and moody. Like, we even love, like, stuff like the Death Wish movie soundtracks. The first one oh, was yeah. Herbie Hancock. Yeah, yeah. The second was Jimmy Page. That's yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Or, like, I don't know, what is some other one? Like, John Carpenter movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would always yeah. he'd direct them and write the score. Well, Mancini's kind of the king. Henry yeah. Mancini. We got a Mancini inspired yeah. There was one, one I remember. Song. I didn't really like the movie that much, but the sound, the score was so good. It was this movie called The Man from Uncle? It was a remake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's Leo Schiffer, right? Was it? Yeah. The, 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 the new score, one? I remember. The new one. It was still oh, a few no, years no. ago. No, he did the original. TV yeah. Show yeah okay. I, yeah, I didn't I remember, remember the original movies. score, but even the new one, like the movie, I didn't think was great, but the score was like. Was that Guy Ritchie? Or is it the other? I think, I think it was Guy Ritchie. It was kind of a stinker, wasn't it? It was a stinker, and I'm a big fan of Guy Ritchie. Like, yeah, well, Guy he... Ritchie's movies, not like yes. the stuff, the Hollywood stuff. He's he pretty does. hit and miss, though. Yeah. yeah, but all his like his movies are good. Like, I love the gentleman that he played I like last that one. year. Yeah, yeah. and like, the, all his style movies. Did you watch the the one with Statham's uh, Wrath of security? Yeah, 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 security I, guard. Yeah, I like that, that one. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, like that. that has great music in it too. It has very. Uh, I feel like Guy Ritchie's got a lot of friends in that business mm-hmm. too but yeah even when he just makes like the pop song like like his, when his yeah. scores are like in Lockstock and Snatch the Snatch there's like an amazing opening tune in Snatch 
Yeah, that's it, like the, the Diamond Song. The Diamond Song, uh, yeah. By Clint. Oh, yeah. Boom, With the upright bass. Boom, boom, yes. Yeah. Which was like the every... There was a period where like every single commercial would rip off that song. Yes, yeah, For like yeah. four years. Yeah. Like, that sort of like... The octave kind of bass line. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, that's that's so huge for us when we like see a movie is like music. Like those Ocean's Eleven movies. Mm-hmm. They're like... Yeah, they're Holmes. not the great... They're okay movies. But that dude that did the music, Dave Holmes, is awesome. Yeah. He's like... I don't know if he's a DJ or what, but he just like compiles like this lethal like cool music that just makes the the mood so yeah. important um like if you think about like the spaghetti westerns like mm-hmm. the good the bad and the ugly yeah which yeah. i think is like tarantino's favorite movie like the music is like 50 percent of the movie yeah. you know, like, and, and, and the orchestration too because you pick such weird instruments mm-hmm. like whistling and, and yeah like, and telly and like yeah guitar like, like twangy guitar like weird just, percussion like yeah yeah I think that's a great example too because like Ennio Morricone who's like one of the best mm-hmm. folk composers ever is like an Italian guy who probably grew up like studying you know Bach and Beethoven yeah, and Mozart yeah. and stuff and then he's asked to create like cowboy music yeah and it's like well he's not a cowboy he's not American he's yeah but he just like comes up with the most quintessential cowboy music yeah. Yeah. And I think we can relate to that because, like, we're like a couple of bros from Saskatoon, and we're like trying to make funky music. We're trying to make like you know exotic music. Mm-hmm. What do we know about it? Well, we're listening to it and we're trying to like mimic it. Mm-hmm. And that's like We've the got weird overactive music. imaginations sometimes. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. It's fun. most creative people do. Um, did you guys watch the or have you started watching the Beatles? The Get Back. Yeah, I'm too like. It's I'm like very so, Lord of the Rings esque. Yeah, it's like <laughs> three epics. I got a couple parts. hours like, to go still. Yeah, yeah. is it good? Deliver, I haven't started it yet. They yeah. deliver the masters to Doom. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Mordor yet? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's really good. It's I want to understand if anyone found it too long because it's really really long. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's fucking wild. Like yeah. it's like they're literally like sitting there creating these songs that you know and yeah. love out of like mostly Paul McCartney is but like out of thin air like it's yeah. just wild yeah. anyone who's yeah. ever been in a band it's just like the most like oh my god I've been there I've, I've experienced that even the gotcha. Beatles went through that like it's just oh, so okay. it's so the most like relevant yeah. like because it's just like our rehearsal right with you know the four most famous musicians, musicians of our the last couple of generations yeah. you know like, Did, <laughs> so much cigarette smoking I just, oh yeah I wanted to smoke with dark and, 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 and um, toast triangles lots of toast yeah, yeah. tea and toast, toast. toast. Yeah. 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 they're super British Liverpool cool thing yeah oh yeah yeah, but you're talking about like having a method for you know catchiness and like it always blows my mind that like the entire Beatles catalog was like within like like very short yeah. span of time. Yeah, I think they're like 26 in that movie, and yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm 10 years older than that, and I feel like yeah, like. I'm like, oh my god, these guys are already 26. 26, but they've been the biggest music stars in the world for like five years already. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think for them, the catchiness thing comes from, like, well, like if you go back in time and like, you know, now you can record a song and you can share it, and you can instantly get it on your phone and it's whatever. It's easy to like, it's easier than ever to record things, whether it's like a photo and your or videos. Like, was was more of that than ever. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, like. I'm like going way back before recording music. Like the only way to, to make a song last is you had to write it down on a music mm-hmm. notation, but then not everyone can, can read it. You need yeah. somebody who can play it. But really just to remember a song, mm-hmm. it had to be catchy. Yeah. 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 And so like, there's like this great tradition in, in British 
you know, culture of like, uh, you know, those like, I don't know, what would be an example, like camp town races or like mm. those like old timey. Like old traditionals almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. That people just kind of know, like it's part of like a collective memory. And you, yeah. you, you remember your uncle after he said too many nogs to bring it up, <laughs> yeah. singing them or whatever, yeah. like, and like Cole Porter and dance hall yeah. and like, mm-hmm. like old, like skiffle melodies yeah. that are just like, so I think that sense of melody was so strong yeah. with these guys. And like now it is, it's like, we're living in a more like algorithm, you know, get the right accoutrement and tempos and everything ready, but mm-hmm. not as much on the like a memorable melody. Gotcha. That's the Beatles do so good. I wonder what you like, cause now it is much easier. Like, and I always ask musicians, like, when inspiration hits or, like, a melody comes to your head and you don't want to forget it. Like, you sing you, it into like your now phone. you can sing it into your phone. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what they, I wonder how many lost melodies oh, there were, oh, you know? Yeah. Why? Yeah. The thing I always talk about is I had a flip phone back in the day that was, like, it had 10 voice memo spots. <laughs> and so... If you I, hit 11th, then you're like... <laughs> I'd be like, so I'd be like, oh, my God, this is too good to not record. I have to remember it while also listening to the other ones to determine which one I can delete. <laughs> delete yeah. It's just like this total yeah. mental gymnastics, and now I like, like you know I got like eight hundred on my phone. Yeah, now. of course. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, I once like heard a story. I think it was Billy Corgan. Was like he came up with Sharub Rock while he was driving to work and like had to <laughs> manage how uh, yeah. you know. Call sometimes guys will call and leave a message on their answering oh, machine. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, John Tesh. <laughs> oh, brown ball. Yeah. <laughs> John Tesh, big influence. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and, that's his story. He's, he calls his. I think you can find it on now. YouTube. He calls his voicemail like, "Hi, this is John. I got an idea." Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, the NBA and NBC. Like, he sings the whole thing. It's amazing. 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 Well, kind of a silly question, just to wrap up. Uh, because I was out, out of curiosity, is the reason that Bros is all in capitals because of that 80s, there's like an 80s dance pop <laughs> band that's already called Bros? I, sort of, yeah. I mean, I don't know that, like, the all, ca- the all caps thing is frustrating because, like, not everyone uses it. Like, it's, right. Um, but I think we just thought it was kind of weird to do, to. The funny thing about the Bros, the, the other band Bros, is that they, uh... They hadn't done anything in 25 years, and so we were like, okay, I think we're cool to, like, yeah. to use this name. And I, I had never heard of them until we started searching. Yeah, I think they, right. they were pretty localized in, in the UK. Some, well, I think that was, English, they had yeah. one big hit that was, I think, Yeah, I guess that's true, yeah. Like, yeah. it's called Can I Be Famous, I guess, but, um, or When Will I Be Famous or something. Yeah. And uh, so we're all good, everything's cool, and then a week before our album came out, the first one, they announced that they're... Having a reunion tour, like, oh, come on! <laughs> what are the and odds? Then, yeah. And then our friend in London, in London, England, sent us a photo of uh, the announcement for their O2 Arena show, and they put our picture up. <laughs> thing they just didn't even check. And oh, amazing! Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's been, you know, what it's it's there's been lots of like cross pollination with their stuff. Yeah, and uh, I was expected to get a like cease and desist, but never. So I kind of okay. I don't know if they so even, at least they're cool, they're chill. Really, they don't even know. I don't know. Yeah, they so. I think they're like actors or something. Yeah, they're like, okay. like yeah. You look at them; they're like very like like they were a boy band. I think I mean I guess yeah, manic, very manicured, like, yeah, handsome, very fellas. like they're like models and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. That. I think they're doing all right. And then there's <laughs> us, you know. We're yeah, just, yeah. we're like averagely handsome. Uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just I, I see. Yeah, there's a pretty big difference in like if you were listening. You're not gonna confuse like the hours, music. Like, yeah, I think it. Probably, but then it's like some new bros that's like. Yeah, there's like a there's like a hip hop group from. Like from Mexico or something like that called Bros. Oh. Yeah, 
have to go down there and have a word with them. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. <laughs> well, yeah, they, what, what, what always pops up is like on, on the streaming platforms because a lot of times they don't recognize the difference. That's too, oh, it's the same name, right? It's yeah. spelled the same right, way. And right. they don't differentiate the fact that ours is all caps with mm-hmm. these other artists. So Just start a new band called The Beatles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> spelled correctly. That's it. Yeah, E. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that's been done, but that's pretty I'm good. sure. Yeah, there's probably a Beatles cover band called Beatles or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks guys so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Pleasure, this man. was, uh, yeah, this was great. As always. As always. Thanks, and uh, have a Merry Christmas. Same to you. All right. Season's greetings. <laughs> Tip back a few nogs. Yeah. <laughs> With Uncle. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.